0: Hi, this is Kelsey Cooper and I'm the host for Disabled Birth Stories podcast. I hope those in the disabled community can enjoy these stories of bringing beautiful babies into the world and the journey along the way. I hope this podcast helps you feel seen, heard, empowered, and capable no matter your journey to being a parent. I hope those who are able-bodied would listen to empathize with and support their disabled family member, friend, acquaintance, or random stranger. Thank you for listening, and feel free to email me if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the podcast at disabledbirthstories at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us today. After listening to this episode, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please also check the description for our social media links and the link to our merch this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please consult your medical providers for all of your healthcare needs. Also, the views and opinions expressed by the guests are not necessarily the views and opinions of the host and vice versa. Hi, today I'm here with Jillian and she's going to tell us her, her story today. Jillian, can you start by introducing yourself? Um, I'm
1: Jillian Swartfager. I'm 30 years old and I have three kids. I have...
0: Um, mild cerebral palsy since cerebral palsy affects everyone a little differently can you explain how it affects you and how it affects your life like day-to-day life um so mine being mild it's it
1: affects me with both my legs and then my left arm so my left arm is weaker than my right like my right is pretty dominant i do everything when it comes to holding my kids to um doing the dishes and like using the bathroom (laughs) everything is my right arm like you can tell i don't know Mm -hmm. that like i can't flip my right like i can flip my right all the way i cannot flip my left so pronation and supination turning the wrist very tight muscles i have very like very tight muscles i had when i was eight i had my Achilles lengthened, and then when I was thirteen, I had my groin lengthened for more. They wanted to get as much. Uh, my doctor wanted to get as much growth from my growth plate as they could, so uh, I had my groin lengthened.
0: Growing up, when you started looking into becoming pregnant, did people ever talk about your disability and pregnancy or birth? And um, yes and no. My first
1: baby was kind of a surprise, like it wasn't a planned pregnancy at all. So we kind of winged it. Um, I just had a very frank conversation with my OB, my first OB. Um, I've had all three of my pregnancies have been with different OBs. (laughs) So very, each one of them was very different because it was three different OBs like my first OB with my son who's nine. Um, I had been seeing since I was 16 so she knew me she knew me really well Um, and we had kind of had that conversation back when I was just saw her at 16 for a different um, thing she was like okay well if if you want to get pregnant and I had you know each I can't remember orthopedic surgeon there we go my orthopedic surgeon as I was growing up I had him my entire life Mm -hmm. and um, he you know we would always talk about different stages. Like how am I going to play sports was one stage. How am I going to, you know, drive a car? And then at, when I was getting closer to 18, okay, how are we going to have babies? Like you can have babies, but you might be a little bit different. Like your birth stories might, how you carry might be different. How you, you know, how you actually deliver might be a little bit different. So um, when my first OB was like, okay, we'll figure it out. It was like, okay. So like, I want to say really early on in my pregnancy, she was like, I feel better doing a C-section with you just because I don't know. And I'm scared to like hurt you more. I think her was more on the, I don't want to, like she was just nervous and scared that she was going to do, like having a vaginal delivery would do damage to me. That is my take about it now, even nine years later, I think about it. I'm like, okay, I think she was kind of nervous to do a vaginal delivery with me because I don't think she had ever dealt with somebody with a disability. I'm not saying that, but that's how I felt. (laughs) And then with, it was just like, okay, we're going to do C-section. So I got in that mindset and did a little, as much research as I could about it because I'd never met anybody that had had a C-section before like my mom had four successful vaginal deliveries my mother-in-law had had three successful deliveries like everybody that I knew had done vaginal birth so it was different for
0: everybody so we all did a little bit of research on our own Mm. and how did you feel about her just um, the doctor just saying you know I'm gonna do a C-section well my When my mom and I started
1: talking about it and when I was growing up, she was like, Jillian, this might be, this might have to be the way, if you want babies, this might be your only option is to have C-sections. So I knew at that point that when I was kind of, my mind was already made up when I turned 18, that like if I wanted to have children on my own, I would have to have C-sections. So I knew that the limit, my number of children that I wanted had to be limited so I would need to find a partner that wasn't expecting 10 kids and I could only
0: give him three or four. So I guess let's get into the first kind of finding out you're pregnant and how, you know, the start of the pregnancy. So when I found out that I was pregnant with my son,
1: I was 19 years old, no, 20, was 20 years old. and he was kind of a oopsie, like oh no. Not saying that's as bad. We like wanted to have a baby, but not right away, because twenty was young and a lot to put on somebody when they're twenty. And we weren't married yet, so it wasn't. We were engaged when we found out we were pregnant, but it wasn't. You know, it was different. We were all kind of shocked. Uh, but had him when I was twenty-one, and he was my NICU baby, so. The, the i his birth is actually i think the funniest when it comes down to story it's just period is it's like funny because of what happened before my surgery and then it's traumatic because of what happened after so it's like a whole lot of togetherness my um so on the morning of my surgery the nurses can't come in. So my my OB is a husband. That OB was a husband and a white team. So one side of the clinic was like her husband. The other side was her. So they had different, like I never saw him. I never dealt with his side of the office. I only dealt with her side of the office. When my husband and I first checked into the hospital and we we're talking to the nurses and we're getting all my vital signs and everything checked out, he was like, one of the nurses was like, "You're having your your surgery with Mrs. Matharo, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And they pulled. I had two nurses in at in at the same time because they were both doing separate things. And I'm like, "They're like, oh, that's odd." And I'm like, "What what's going on?" And they're like, "Well, we heard that she broke her foot, and that Mr. M- like Mr. Matharo, Mr. Doc Doctor, Mr. Matharo will be um doing your surgery." And I'm like my husband and I look at each other. We're like, what? I, I literally saw her like two days ago. <laughs> what? And they're like, yeah, she broke her foot. And I'm like, okay. And I'm kind of starting to freak out a little bit. I'm like, okay. You know, I was, she said that she was going to be here two days ago. Like wh- what the heck? Start freaking out a little bit. Uh, and my husband and my, and then at that time, my mother-in-law had come in to see, to see us and my mom was on her way because she had to drop my little sisters off at school before she could come to the hospital and i'm like telling my mother-in-law this and she's like okay you need to like relax everything's gonna be fine um and then i told my mom and she's like i call she's like just call your mom and you can explain to her and so i call my mom my mom's like okay it'll be fine well then like 10 minutes after that She, my OB comes walking into the, off my room, coming to check it and do like her pre-op kind of check. And I'm like, so how's your foot? And she's like, my foot. And I said, yeah, one of the the nurses said that you broke your foot or you like hurt your foot or something. And she's like, my foot is fine. I don't know what they are. So the pre was pretty funny. Because then she gets in the operating room and she realized that they had all of her husband's instruments out none of her was already like it's like it's okay because they were like oh we can you know after I walked in there and everything she's like this is all my husband's stuff and they're like oh well do you want me to change they're they're like do you want us to change it all out and she's like no it's fine I guess it's okay like I'll make do are we okay And she's like yeah I just she goes we use different things we feel comfortable, more comfortable with different things. So I was like, okay. She's like, oh, it's fine. I'll make, she's like, okay, it's okay. Like, she's like, they really thought I hurt my foot. So we heard that about hurting her, like her foot hurting before she even did my surgery. It was quite funny.
0: That is funny.
1: Never heard that before. Uh Yeah. There. But let's. Somebody from the office and not somebody like just some random stranger that I met him before. So it wasn't like I didn't meet him.
0: I just had never dealt with him. How did the um, surgery go? Were you nervous or was there much to it? Um, Yes, I was nervous. Well, obviously it was my... You're nervous
1: before first surgery anyway. um, I tried to put on a brave face so that no one knew that I was nervous by going into somewhat major surgery. I mean, it's routine, but you hear about things bad happening all the time. Um, It was my first one, obviously, so I didn't know what to expect. I'd read and done research, but you never know. I mean, the biggest thing for me was I didn't know I mean, I knew that this, like, your birthing partner stays out of the room for an X amount of time. But I didn't realize how long it was and what they were doing when he was, excuse me, when he was out of the room. Like, I didn't realize that they were, you know, cauterizing and opening me up. And they wait until after, like, that is done to bring him into the room. So that was kind of, like, I was asking for him because I wanted him there. But they're like, oh, we'll bring him in. We'll bring him in. It was about 10 minutes. So 10, 15 minutes, I want to say. Um, yeah, so I just was nervous. Also, I was alone. Like, you, you don't really think about that. You're, Yeah, you have all those people around you, but you, you're alone. Like, they don't really know you unless you happen to know them really well. And, I mean, I knew my doctor, but not, like, enough to be like oh yeah you know like I feel I felt comfortable but not comfortable enough that I felt like
0: less nervous so once they brought your husband in what happened after that did they was it immediately like starting the surgery and getting the baby out or did they prep him any explain things to him Oh
1: yeah, they, well, before I even left my room, my pre-op room, they gave him his scrubs and his cap and everything and explained what's going to happen to him. So, um, like he waits and I walk down and they kind of start the surgery. They give me the, um, the, uh, the shot in my back. So the anesthesia, cause it'll numb, it numbs you from like your weight, your essentially your boobs down <laughs> and, um, you don't feel anything um so they basically said we'll come and get you for in 10 minutes well five minutes i want to say because it was about a five minute walk from my room from my pre-op room to the operating room so he just hung out and um when i asked him like what how did he feel it was like i was nervous i was scared because you weren't there and i didn't know what was going on so because in your birthing classes because we did go to birthing classes like um in your birthing classes they don't which sucks is that they don't tell you or they don't inform anybody about how c-sections happen it's all about Lamas, like how your breathing is and how all this like how your partners need to be this this and this and he goes i wish that in the birthing classes because there are situations where you're gonna have emergency c-sections or your baby is breached and you end up having a c-section or there's something happen and he goes, and you're not prepared. Like as a part he goes, as a partner, I felt yes, you do all this research, but like we had a chance to do research. Like there's there's birthing partners and moms themselves, or I shouldn't say moms, there's parent there's parents that don't really get the chance to be able to prepare for a C section and know what happens. Cause we've actually had a we had a friend actually his cousin his wife had an emergency c-section the point where she had to be taken out so his his cousin wasn't even allowed in the operating room when she was giving birth so that was like he goes i wish that they could have prepared him or prepared us for c-sections because there's not a lot of you know birthing classes that pre- give any information about c-sections for mom for parents or you know supporting birthing partners that's it's not talked about and it should be not just for disabilities people with disabilities but for other parents that are wanting to give birth
0: when the surgery started was it did it feel quick did did everything go as planned yes everything
1: went as planned um for him for my for my son um It was my first, so it was the first cut. Um, He was actually sitting up very high. Like I, my hips did not spread at all. So that was a challenge for me because I noticed that my hips didn't spread. So my doctor, she goes, as we're trying to get the baby out, he did not want to come out. She goes, I had to, most doctors have like uh, whatever, a certain amount that they open. So um, she actually goes, I had to open him up even more. I had to open up you even more, more than I normally do. And um, he was stuck in there. Like it took them a good like 10 minutes to
0: get him out because he did. He was nice and cozy. He was like, I'm not coming out. Did the surgery happen like near your due date or like what part of gestation did the surgery take place? So he was
1: he was my closest baby to to gestational. i would think i he was 39 weeks and four days because my due date was the 18th of february he was born on valentine's day so 38 weeks and four days which or 30 39 weeks and four days, something like that which was great i was very to be able to keep him in that loss my other two not so much (laughs) Once he was out, what happened? I did not get um, chest to chest or skin to skin contact with him right away. Um, They, nothing was wrong with him. He At that time that we thought, um, they just were, the hospital that I was at was very like, okay, he goes over there. Dad, you go over there, follow him. We're going to focus on her. So I did not get to see him until... After he had already gotten his APGAR score and he had gotten cleaned off and everything like that. So, and then my husband brought him over so I could see him while they were finishing. And then they literally were like, I maybe kissed on him for five minutes and then they sent him off to the NICU with, with my husband and did the rest of his, um, newborn screenings and all of that. And then I saw him
0: again in pre up. and w- uh, was the reason for the NICU just to do the screenings or was there more to him going? Um, no. So
1: 24, 24 hours. Sorry. I might get a little bit emotional about this because it is, um, very, it's a, it's a lot. Um, 24 hours. So I had him on a Friday morning, Saturday, Saturday. Um, the on-call pediatrician was like, we heard, we hear a heart murmur um all babies are born with a heart murmur um he was born with two so um he goes i hear a second heart murmur um we're gonna have to do some more research um we're gonna go take him to get an echo and i said okay that's you know no big deal whatever um So, and then so they took him to go get an echo and i was like okay sweet i can get some rest maybe you know eat some food hang out for a little bit hopefully take a nap because mm-hmm. the night before the um and uh he came back and they didn't really say anything to me he did great through his echo whatever i want to say a few hours after that um the on-call pediatrician calls me on the phone and tells me um, we're transferring your son from this hospital to the local Valley Children's Hospital. Which is which was a blow to the gut, but I was thankful that they were transferred to that hospital because I had been seen at that hospital before. I had... Um, some knee work done at that hospital so I knew that hospital was great I wasn't um I was just very taken aback because literally I get this call and I'm not saying I was very taken aback and the people that were in the room with me at the time were not the proper people to be in the room with me at that point and I'm not saying that they weren't supportive but it was my husband had just walked away um he was going home to get some clothes as at that time the hospital wasn't sure if i was going to be able to keep my private room earlier that day they were like we might have to move somebody else in so dad you might not be able to stay the night that's what they were saying uh but no so he had gone to go um get some clothes from home because they'd given them the, okay, oh, she's staying in this room. We're not moving anybody else in. Go get some clothes, go take a shower, whatever. She'll be fine. I had my dad and my soon-to-be father-in-law in the room with me when I got that call. So two people that aren't really like, I mean, they're emotional, but they weren't, they didn't know what to do. They were just like looking at me. And I also had my, uh, my sister was 12 or 13. So I had my very new, new teenage baby sister and she's the youngest. So she's like, what do we do? Like, what do we do? And I'm on the phone and I just drop the phone. I don't even hang it up. I just drop the phone and I'm crying. And I'm not even holding my baby at the time. My father-in-law is holding my baby and he's like, what's going on? My sister rushed. I remember she rushed over to me and I was like, they're taking him to Valley Children's. And I, like, I don't even know what happened because all of a sudden I have, my sister has me in arms and then not even two it felt like not even two minutes later but my, I hear my husband's boots stomping back and he is, ha, she has me in a, like, in this hold and my, by then my mom and my mother-in-law are both in the room and they're like, whoa, 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 like, what's going on? Because apparently my sobs like the whole maternity floor could hear my sobs like I guess like after everything died down like the nurses were telling me like other moms were like checking on me because my whole sobs were like engulfing the whole maternity ward and like the nurses were like oh like she her baby's getting transferred and she's and they're like oh my gosh so like I had all these other moms that were totally like asking about me because my whole my sobs were just I was a mess and this was literally I want to say two weeks before the NICU that was going to be built in the hospital was finished so if gone to my due date and most new homes go after their due date if I had gone after my due date we probably wouldn't have been separated at all so Because I had a C-section, he had to go by himself. They wouldn't release me from the hospital. So I had to be separated from him for 24 hours. That was the hardest. No. Yes, 24 hours. They let me go. Um, The next morning, next like mid-morning, I got to go um they let my mom the hospital let my mom spend the night with me because my husband obviously i didn't want my baby my newborn baby being alone so he my husband and my mother-in-law went to the other hospital with my baby following the they actually beat the ambulance to the hospital yeah that was my mother-in-law told me she's like you don't want to know how fast i was going, and i'm like my husband goes, I, his best friend was in the front seat because my husband was a sobbing mess because he's like, I'm leaving my, and like we were fiancés at the time. He's like, I'm leaving my fiancé who is a sobbing mess. But I was like, you do not leave his side. Like she is your main priority. And my, that was a big thing with my mother. My, both of our moms were like, I call them my moms. Our moms were, you like, She's got, my mom's got to take care of her baby now, and you, husband, have to take care of your baby now. Like, that's your job. And, you know, we were in communication all the time. I don't think my mother-in-law or my husband got any sleep that night because they just wanted to hold him. Because, I mean, he was the biggest baby in the NICU. They were very... All the NICU ladies, when I got to the hospital, were like, we're so happy to have him because he was this 8-pound, 1-ounce baby that's going to the NICU. Sorry, my puppy. Um, Yeah, he was... They're like, it's so nice to have a baby that, you know, is big and not this little tiny... Not these tiny babies we're used to. So how long was he in the NICU for? It was in the NICU for two days, so 48 hours. And it was mostly just monitoring or uh mostly monitoring to see um if he needed extra medication or if he needed to have um surgery because where his um his vsd is right by the left ventricle so they wanted to make sure that his blood flow was going into the ventricle and not out the hole the additional hole that he had so he's fine now. He's nine years old and he doesn't take any medication. He's never had any surgery. We just get yearly update we get go for a yearly echo. And that's pretty much everything. Like he's healthy, he's growing. He's almost as tall
0: as me, and I'm not that tall. So he's a good little boy. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I loved hearing all your stories. Thank you for a jab because I feel like I jabbed a lot. <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you for listening and feel free to email me if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the podcast at disabledbirthstories at gmail.com.